No need to make it weird. It's only weird if we make it weird. Do we do we announce Andy or do people just see that he's here? Hi guys. Well, I, I don't don't we wait for the announcement when you after you do your thing? I mean Oh yeah. Oh I forgot I have duties here. Well, have, I, said, I mean the people that are said, watching us live know that Andy's duty. here. He said duties. He said duties. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be that kind of night. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to maybe I've said too much, the bear hug of internet radio. My name is Mike, and I'll be your host as we squeeze the air and life out of you. I'm joined, as always, by my good friends, Izzy Swan. Of all things, IzzySwan.com. Joel Crawford of the Missing Digit Woodshop. Here. And, and this week, somebody left the back door open. We've got the one, the only, none other than Mr. Andy Berkey. I don't know about all of you, but I just got chills. <laughs> Me too. It's freezing Andy, in here. Andy's the backdoor man. <laughs> well, there goes the show. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Andy, didn't you say there were possibly going to be some high school kid watching tonight? Yeah. We, uh... It could be. It could be. Right. Hi, hi, guys. Boy, the we go. they're going to learn something. No. No, they're not. <laughs> that is true. They might unlearn things. <laughs> like, hey, I knew stuff earlier that's gone now. So, well, gentlemen, Mr. Berkey. What? I didn't do it. I'm sure you did. Yeah, probably. That's not what's in the police report. <laughs> hey, most of that stuff was completely, mostly unproven. Yes. It's, uh, hey, listen, it's all, it's not, it's no fun until the duct tape comes out. That's right. <laughs> so, that is correct. But uh, Mr. Berkey, what? What you been up to, buddy? We haven't had you on the show in a while. I guess uh, you got you're out on parole now, or what's going on? Yeah, restraining orders are off, and I am good to go. Uh, I am not allowed on the International Space Station for a while, but <laughs> I didn't know that, they had a petting zoo on there. <laughs> you too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> Uh, Mike, Mike, you know how uh, how I know he's not allowed in the uh, petting zoo anymore? <laughs> Wait a minute. Never mind. We'll, we'll come back oh. to that. Yes, we 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 definitely will come back to that. We'll come back to that. We're uh, can, are we back to it? No, no. no. we're just going to leave that one hanging. Okay. I, I what have about a, now. No. 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 No, I had I had a thought. The thought was impure. I'm gonna let it go. Yes, it's uh, kind of like when I uh, when I asked the missus for a little booty, and I said, she says, "No, not now." I go, well, "What about now?" <laughs> she says, no, still not now. Doesn't work. Doesn't work that way. But uh, well, let me uh, let me check on the other guys here, Andy. If you'll excuse me just for a minute, I, I do have some hosting responsibilities. One of them is asking uh, Izzy what he's been up to, even though I'm pretty sure he's not going to admit what he's been up to. But uh, Izzy. <laughs> what? What have you been doing? <laughs> building drawer boxes. <laughs> and? Mostly just building drawer boxes. <laughs> you sound so interested and excited about that prospect of drill, building more drawer boxes. Uh, I got twenty. I got 26 done, so they're... The big cabinet oh. section drawer boxes are all done. Yeah, I, right. <laughs> mm, that but, gives me a headache. 
And I normally wouldn't, I mean, I'm not a drawer guy. I don't prefer, I prefer not to have drawers in the shop, but there's, you'll, for reasons coming down the pipe in a few months, you'll all understand why drawer boxes, but I got them all done. I got a couple more pullouts to make and then um, finish up the uh, CNC from CNC router parts and start working on the drawer fronts and all the other stuff that's going on. This is by far going to be the sexiest shop I have, or I can't even call it a shop anymore. I had to start calling it a studio. That I, no. have, that I have ever played in. I mean, this is gonna. The plans I have for this are pretty, pretty in depth, and they're. It's gonna be cool. But uh, pretty. That's pretty high fluting for you to call it. Yeah, I know. Is yeah, there, I, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start referring to myself as an artisan, and I'm gonna start wearing one of those little beanie hats backwards all the time. You know, wearing a scarf. So, <laughs> ascots. Scarfs go with sleeveless shirts, right? Yeah, oh, yeah no. just checking. It, it, yeah, know, I'm it, not. I'm not a real fashion fashionista, so I have to ask these things. You have to do. I, I I don't ask you for a lot of favors, and you don't do any of the ones I ask for. But I'm going to ask again. Hmm. Um, the very first uh, YouTube video you do once the shop is done has got to be tea time with Izzy. That would be awesome. That was monocle awesome. a monocle. Yep, little mm-hmm. little teacup. You bet. Let's do it. Oh, I'm down. Top hat. Top hat. Yep. Oh, definitely oh, top hat, dude, dude. <laughs> a nice, a nice, um, a nice, uh, you know, curio uh, leg arm or you know side chair. Um, Not so bad. Yeah, Izzy's yep. Izzy's clientele is going to be like, oh shit, he went fancy. <laughs> unsubscribe <laughs> right i'm not giving him any more patreon money Five hundred thousand subscribers to two overnight <laughs> yes i remember oh. what he used to be like one of the common men yep. <laughs> so much for your 150 dollar track saw now <laughs> asshole i could make that no, too no. if i had that beret on you should paint, am, uh, you should paint a tuxedo on the right. track saw right <laughs> No, but I'm having Make I'm sure having fun. I'm ready for the shop to be more done than it is. I, I'm uh, I actually interviewed a videographer guy, um, and he's super cool kid. And I think uh, we're gonna work together a little bit, see if we can't kind of find a find a happy place where we can uh, make some cool videos. And um, yeah. It's it's been a good it's been an interesting weekend. So in in between his porn shoots and commercial work, he's going to swing. No, up. he actually does. Um, he, he does. <laughs> no, he doesn't do porn yet. But, but um, you know that that could be a thing, I guess. Um, but no, he does um, uh, rock concerts, like what you know, bands and stuff. That's what he does. So so. Sorry about the background music, guys. <laughs> we, got, we got a little. I don't want to go to bed action going on upstairs. Oh, that's <laughs> that, that By the way, be... you don't have to shout. I'm on a podcast because I can add it anytime. <laughs> well, hey, if it gets any worse, I'll scream it. So, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's. Hey, listen, no one tunes into this for anything other than what it is. Right on. Allow yeah, the train true. wreck to wreck. Right on. So that's that's been my uh, weekend weekend, you know. So yeah, same old so, same so old. So nothing else happened. Is what you're not, saying? Nothing no worth. Nothing notable. No. Not a thing. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nothing else at all. No. But uh, okay. Hey, Joel. No, nothing. Notable. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> what have you been up to? <laughs> I'm just gonna. I uh, don't mind me. I'm gonna play with my balls while you talk. No, please do. I, I wouldn't expect anything less. The uh, hey, listen. I don't want to hear it when you do it. <laughs> you, you, just, you just go ahead and do it. Uh, so uh, we're we're kind of in our uh, swing 
for uh for for holiday sales and that's been fun and exciting and terrifying as usual and we had a a big party at the house for our friendsgiving kind of thing thanksgiving christmas thing thanks Jeez, that wasn't a party that was a free-for-all it was it was a thing so wow. we we did we had a lot of fun we, <clears throat> i think of it like this so i invite all of our friends and acquaintances over and everything and it's kind of like uh, uh mike's theory on winning the lottery basically i feed them really good food that i spend hours making and uh, then i tell them to go away and they're done with christmas gifts from me and that's pretty much it nice and so now i don't have to buy anybody shit so that's uh that's pretty much it and uh and other than that we're uh, just knee deep in orders and wood chips are flying and swear words are coming out uh gratuitously and hmm. uh the polka music is playing loudly nice. so this time of year i i look i i kid you not if you want to get motivated uh it, you turn on polka music go to your amazon device mm-hmm. or your google device or your apple device and tell it to play a polka station and you will be blown away at the motivation you have to either do the work and or or end your life either one it doesn't matter you're just wanting it to all to stop and it's uh, well i mean honestly though the uh i mean ending your life is still a motivation right well <laughs> because I no mean, one it, no one unmotivated ever goes through that process that's true you have to have a certain uh, uh resolve let's say uh but uh but yes yeah, so dark humor we, we rock it out but, by the way the the there is a crisis line and i uh, urge you to call that in case you ever feel like you need to end your life yeah don't call us don't call us <laughs> We are not. We're we are no not trained in such matters. But yeah, it's, it's, you can probably call Berkey. Uh, you know, when you uh, posted that this afternoon, Joel, yeah. I did did put on some polka in the shop, and I yeah. loved it. Yeah, it's. Couple, it, I don't even know you, dude. People. No, no, no. no a couple I, of summers ago, my wife was studying for a, a huge. Uh, test for her work and she basically said why don't you leave for the weekend so i packed up every camera i owned and just headed in northerly direction and before the day was out i ended up at a small town polka festival that turned out to be four or five hours of just pure awesome (laughs) it was way out of control and hilarious fun that's great so so All I can think of is to, Groundhog Day. We, I I grew up in Finnish Finnish or Finnish country, lots of Finlandians, and uh, there was always clogging festivals everywhere where where, where I grew up. So nice. Yeah, I gotta is imagine that where they, they beat get, the seals you know, if to death. Polka gets any anywhere near as wild as clogging does. It had to be a good time. Well, the weird thing about polka is, you know, when I lived in Germany, uh, southern Germany, the the umpa bands, it was the same. I mean, that's polka, and then. Uh, when I've worked with some Hispanic guys, we listen to ranchero music. Same thing. Which it's the exact same thing. And Different language. It's, it's like this international beat or something. I I freaking love it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's it always is kind of like in the like ninety to hundred beats per minute kind of a thing, and it just makes you want to move. I don't. Everybody when the chicken dance comes on, when oh, roll can't. roll out the barrel comes on. Everybody's just 
they hate you for it. They they audibly curse you, but they are tapping their toes while they're cursing you. <laughs> and I dig music that, you know, uh, 20-year-olds are dancing right beside 90-year-olds. Yes. Right beside. And the 90-year-olds are crushing it. They are crushing polka dancing. Yes. It's all. It's always a good time. It really is. I, I, I do turn it on in the shop for, for motivation's sake, and uh, they do hate me for it. And I was going to say, you're poor, poor employees. <laughs> they, 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 listen, I buy them lunch about at least twice a week, and this is the payment they'll give me. <laughs> Everything's got its price. So, so, oh, so we have that, no, we have that going awesome. for well, me. So in case you're ever so, thinking about working for me, understand that <laughs> there's some few consequences. Some point, yeah, at some point you'll be sleeping with a gun in your mouth, hoping it goes off. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, funny you see, uh, what you just said kind of segues into something I did this weekend. Oh, <laughs> so, no. Oh, no. I went to see the Trans Siberian Orchestra. That yeah. is not polka. That well, that's it's basically Christmas music plus <laughs> fu is ba- essentially what it is. So it's, but where that came about is about two years ago, uh, my sister and my mother were supposed to go to uh, what my sister referred to as the Trans Siberian Orchestra. It turns out it was just the orchestra, and my so they suckered me in. So my sister had gotten the flu, and she called me up. And she said, "Hey." do you want to go to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra with mom tonight? I got tickets, but I'm sick and I can't make it. And I was like, shit, yes. And then we get there, and Hans von Vergenstocken is up there with the, There was a, I shit you not, there was a seven-minute harp solo that I laughed hysterically through the entire time because I, because I was not there to see that. Like, it was... So yeah, so the Trans-Siberian Orchestra came up. We, we, I was like, I have to go see it because the disappointment is still fresh. Can I ask a <laughs> technical question about the Trans-Siberia uh, Orchestra? Yes. Uh, it, are they from Siberia? Uh, no, they're actually from upstate New York and Erie, Pennsylvania. <laughs> really? <laughs> surprise, surprise. Do they have yes. mullets? I expect them to have mullets. They have one of these guys, uh, when he first came out on stage, we were far enough away um, that, you know, you could see the whole stage, but it, not too far where we were, you know, we, we had good seats, but, um, when the guy came out on stage, I looked over at my uh, brother-in-law who was there with me. I go, she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, Hey everybody, this is Chris. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, oh my God, I'm gay. <laughs> like, <laughs> My brother-in-law was like, "Yeah, that's not shocking," and so that, but we just got to move past. But um, you're the only yeah, one so, surprised. Yeah, so uh, I went to go see the orchestra, which I actually probably would have preferred polka, because they were like, "Yeah, this is a Gaelic song from blah blah blah, and it's a seven-minute harp solo," and you're like, "Is this really happening to me right now?" I I thought I was going to see fire and people like you know jumping off of trampolines and like all this you know hard rock music and there's this lady just you're just like oh anybody shoot me I'm happy to be shot right now so so Mike what have but, you uh, been up to that's it I did Trans Siberian Orchestra my whole life is was, was essentially revolved around that and you're done well that and the job thing I have but it's you know we don't talk about that <laughs> that, that place is uh, it's work that's all. There you go. I, uh, 
Yeah, I got demoted, and uh, I, I made a sign. I showed it to these guys because uh, I was the sales manager. <laughs> and now I've been uh, – they we had a layoff. I talked about this before, but I got demoted back down to just a, you know, a worker bee. So I've made a giant sign that I put up on my cubicle that says, under new management. <laughs> so <laughs> every time somebody asks me to, for a question, uh, I just point to that thing. So we've gotten uh, – I've gotten some some ill response from my uh, the management group there. They're like, "You're not going to leave that up the whole time." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's that'll be here after I'm gone." So tattooed. Listen, listen, it'll be up as long as you can't figure out how to remove construction adhesive. (laughs) (laughs) Wait till I stick it to the wall. You're gonna have to rip the sheetrock off. So, hey, uh, what do you need? Four containers of TP twenty four. Ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> it will be good. So, but uh, so Izzy, uh, I, well, I'm sorry, not Izzy, Andy. Well, I wanted what? to. Uh, what I didn't. Do the it. way you ended up on the show this week. What? So we posted in our little online woodworking group. We were like, hey, we we want some topics. Um, you know, I was I was curious. You know, I wanted to see if you wanted to hear us talk about Bill Bill Murray or momentum. And it turned out they were both the same thing anyway. So. <laughs> And then you posted what I thought was an amazing topic, and I said, "You have to come on to talk about this." Yeah, but you, so, you say that about everything, though. Oh yeah, that's I, true. So <laughs> I can, and you only fall for it every now and again. So it's I, true. You know, I, I, I really, I, I really beat you. I really boosted your ego up quite a bit to get you here this week. But um, <laughs> so the topic of conversation that you had was bacon, coffee, tacos, and pudding. The historical impact and future implications of deliciousness to the creative mind and maker community. So I figured we could probably make two or three shows out of that. True. <laughs> I wanted to. Yeah, that's actually a four-part series. Well, because it's bacon, coffee, tacos, and pudding. Right. So now you, uh, you also though you've become kind of famous for the table saw taco. I have. That's uh that's something you started, and every time someone eats food on their on their uh, table saw, now I see you get tagged and everything so mm-hmm. i mean of all the things that you've that you've done is that the thing you want to be remembered for <laughs> works for me because <laughs> because you know what i am proud to say i'm the only uh small shop in america who has a taco sponsorship is that real that is totally real uh Bray's restaurant here in bloomington illinois uh i've done some work for and uh brandon uh saw the hashtag of table saw tacos and said, uh, gave me a call and said, Hey, we want to uh, sit down with you and discuss sponsoring table saw tacos. <laughs> so now when, uh, my buddy Zach's over on a lot of times on Tuesday nights, he comes over and, and we hang out and make stuff and we call Brandon and Zach picks him up on his way. And typically the takeout order will say hashtag table saw tacos on the top of it. And, uh, we get free tacos. That's awesome. It's, it's awesome. That is awesome. I why can't we work that? All we get is cling spore. <laughs> you guys gotta work on all that. we get is toilet paper. Yeah, and all they and they don't even give us like free toilet paper. We have to still pay for it. So the uh we just I have to say we, though we get coupon codes that don't actually discount the price. <laughs> so before Berkey was uh, a a name in the taco industry. I happen to have table saw tacos with Berkey. Yes, you did. That's right. 
it was a fine, fine meal. One that I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. I too have got to experience the table saw tacos with Berkey. <laughs> you have. Son of a bitch. I'm just yeah. not living. Yeah. You're not you're not living. You need to you need to step it up with that. Yeah. Well, you guys had also carved out some weird things while you were together, if I remember correctly, right, Izzy? Yes, we did videos. Yeah, we did. <laughs> was it what what are they called? Finials. The most feminine wood project you can do. So I figured two of the you know toughest looking makers there are are gonna do the <laughs> the most feminist we can think we can most feminine project we can do. <laughs> and we had fun. It was a blast. Yeah. It was a blast. <laughs> the fun the, hey, the just, best part is just when, be thankful we weren't quilting. <laughs> you uh you, you both posted um like you know videos at the same time and you were like yeah we decided to do finials and i'm sitting there and i'm like i'm, I'm trying to google it as fast as i can <laughs> and then I, didn't, I didn't know what the hell you were talking about what kind like, of and, what kind of drug is that and there's no way to spell it like i'm like i don't even know and then you start building it and it made less sense and i'm like i don't what, do we, what am i watching like how did i end up in this rabbit hole it was just <laughs> architecture geeks whose idea was that by the way that was izzy all the way so the the, the big bear with no sleeves was like hey let's make finials <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically it was more like hey man let's make some finials <laughs> hey man <laughs> so, finials. Your goddamn saw out we're gonna make some finials oh no, it's a, it was andy, it's a andy, finial was, off. andy was showing me some of the work he had done and he did um some carving of a really, really cool. I guess that would be what 18th century. That's well, I, well, it goes way, way back, probably 12th originally. But yeah, I mean, it was 19th century was the actual late 19th century. Was it the late late 19th yeah. century? Yeah, it was about oh, 1800s. It was gorgeous, and it, I was, I was like, hey, that's kind of that's kind of neat. And um, so it was um, finial, and. Uh, like, let's do that. Because we were both standing there looking at each other like, what are we going to do, man? <laughs> so, Dude, we should do something. Let's, let's do something. So, um, <laughs> and, you know, that was that was how that came about. But it was fun. It was a good, it was fun project. So, yep. <laughs> so, you guys have all had sort of the experience of actually working in somebody else's shop. So, is that is that weird? Or, I mean, what is that... Cause I don't, I, the only shop I ever work in that isn't mine is my father's and you know, you don't, there's no weirdness there, but like when you show up to, you know, the middle of nowhere, Chicago or, you know, wherever the hell you end up and you're like, Hey, let's make finials. Like how long does it take before you feel comfortable in somebody else's shop? That's, you know, that's an interesting uh, question because I was decidedly uncomfortable during that build and I was I was, I never had thought about myself as being sort of uh, regimented in, in my um, design process. But, you know, Izzy says, let's build finials. And with, I mean, his mind was going 100 miles an hour straight away. And I almost had to turn away from him and like f- focus it was just fascinating to me how differently our minds worked in that, um, in that process. Cause <laughs> it's, it was, uh, I, I was, I was uncomfortable. It was very interesting. And that was your shop. You made those things. <laughs> yeah, 
that wasn't about the space or it was just this real forced, um, you know, Izzy went from concept to building with what appeared to me within like 30 seconds. And I had to take time to organize my thoughts uh, and, and kind of get a concept going in my mind, which took me a good half hour before I even remotely felt like I could start chopping wood. So, and I never have thought of myself as kind of being, uh, needing that much structure in my process, but I, I fully did. Izzy, how long did it take you to get comfortable in his shop? Do you, do you ever actually feel comfortable working in somebody else's shop with their tools? I or? never felt uncomfortable. There was never a moment where I was like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> Which is why he probably felt so, so uncomfortable. <laughs> but I, I, on that being said, too, a large portion of my professional career is walking into shops all over the place and, um, you know, telling them how to change things to make things go faster. So, and granted, I wasn't there to do that. I was there just to hang out with Andy and have fun. But it was, I'm, I'm accustomed to being in other people's shops. So it wasn't, there wasn't anything weird about it. Yeah, and when you're used and it, to... And it's freaking Andy. So, I mean, I was just like, it's Andy, it's Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's the same, same thing uh, doing a lot of on-site work. You know, you're you're comfortable doing um, crazy. I was just telling um, Friday, I went to Lincoln High School here in Illinois. Uh, Justin Dietrich uh, invited me down to talk to the to the woodworking program studio down there. And, um, I, I did a, uh, 22 foot by 12 foot, um, stained glass window tracery that was built almost entirely from the basket, eight foot wide basket of a man lift. Uh, it had to be done in place. And so there was, I built a, a table that hung off one side that had a little bandsaw on it, chop box on the other table box or table saw up there. And you just. That was that was the shot, two two foot by eight foot <laughs> for a summer. Nice. I I can tell you I, I was at Izzy's uh, two weeks ago, and I can tell you that it is a little uncomfortable walking into somebody else's shop. I you know I set down my tools, I turn around, take off my sweatshirt. Izzy's taking off his pants, and uh, and I said, oh well, that's how it's going to be. Well, I know that's. Well, I had to turn the heat has, up. He never had you pants on to begin with. Well, I just, I just, I didn't know what to expect. And then finally I came to realize that we're, we're going to be doing this thing. So we, uh, we did the stuff that was in front of us and, uh, and, uh, it was a good time had by all. I've got nothing to say to that. I have nothing. Zero. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it did you just, put on polka music? No, it was, a, it was a few people. Get your, get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you people? No, it's, it's, I, I, I agree. I love though. you so it's, much. I, I, Izzy's awesome because he's awesome. It's, it doesn't matter where you put him. He does a thing because that's him. But for mere mortals like uh, Berkey and I, and I, I hasten to call myself in the same category as Andy Berkey, but I, uh, I, I, I agree. If when you walk into somebody else's domain, the idea of, you know, doing something that, uh, it takes your, at least for me, and I don't know, I won't speak for you, Andy, but it takes my all to be creative in a way 
that I'm proud of. So I put a lot of pressure on myself to do the right thing. And now I'm in a slightly different environment uh, to do that thing. And so it adds another level of pressure. And when I've been on site I, in the tech industry, I, you know, you're walking into, I'd walk into recording studios I've never been in before. And they're like, Hey, we've got this issue with blah, blah, blah. And here's our control room. And we've got Beyonce coming in in 45 minutes. So, you know, you got 30, go at it. And you're like, and you're like, the first question is, who's Beyonce? Where, where do you keep the computer? You know, kind of a thing. Who's Beyonce? Yeah, who's Beyonce? And so it's it's like that. So it's it's a mm-hmm. uh, it's I I don't know. Do you agree, Andy, or am I off on a limb here? Uh, yeah, I I think there is that level of of uh, you know you don't know where the screwdrivers are. You know, and right? It's, and to me, it's all about flow. Um, when I get to cranking, you know, and I'm I know Izzy's this way. You get you get to you get in the the zone the flow of it and you know you just stuff is appearing it seems like it's just appearing in your in your hands um one of the things years ago i had my brother-in-law working with me for five years and uh, we got into a zone where um he would literally put uh power tools in my hand as i needed them before I was even fully aware that I needed him and he would just be putting stuff in my hand. And it was, I didn't even realize how cool it was until after he had left to pursue some other stuff. But, um, I don't even know. You talk a lot about flow because it's and people do talk about flow. There's a whole, mm-hmm. uh, Zen philosophy in making about, uh, about capturing that flow. And I try very hard to do that, but every time, I lose the thing I was just using. My flow is immediately broken. Like if I have a tape measure in my hand, I don't know how many times I talked to Izzy and says, Hey, where's that tape measure? Hey, where's that tape measure? I, I, cause he kept moving it to be a dick. He probably did. And he's probably, <laughs> he was laughing his ass off behind me. He's like, Joel's going to ask for the tape measure for the 15th time, but I moved it over here. <laughs> did he always know right where it was? Right, always, always. He's like, yeah, Oh yeah. So he, was, he was the one moving it. Yeah. <laughs> so. So it's, no, it's this, uh, I, I, I actually flows a good topic because it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the process of, of getting into that creative juice where your hands are a little bit more connected to your brain without your frontal lobe really getting involved. Like you get, you, you have a direction, you know what to do. Your hands are doing the work and you're kind of almost watching yourself do the thing you're doing. And every once in a while I get into those kind of grooves, especially on electronics and things when I'm working on things. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I have a, I already have planned out of my brain 15 steps ahead. So, <laughs> but I, it's, it's very hard for me to do, uh, for woodworking stuff. Literally, I have I have stupid things that get in my way, like like all of a sudden the, I measured wrong, the cut's wrong, and now I'm like, God, it's and I need a I need a little Zen mastery there. <laughs> there's a really cool, um, it, just in the last four or five years, there's a guy named uh, Stephen Kotler who is doing a lot of research into this, and they're taking this sort of weird. Um, nebulous concept of being in what they call flow and now they are actually 
doing uh, neurochemical research in it, and and they're realizing that there is a state where uh, the the frontal cortex actually uh, relaxes a little bit, and um, and that's why a lot of times uh, you know that you know how when when you're really after something, all of a sudden you look up and three hours have gone by and it, it feels like 15 minutes. Yeah. You're talking about gorilla neuroscience. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. It's cool the, stuff. Uh, really the, cool stuff. Uh, Green berets have been after this for years and years, but it, it's actually uh, just the, the neuro testing is catching up with this uh, concept that people have just done because they think it works and now they're figuring out that there are actual chemical things that happen in the brain that that are, uh, for instance, the the main part of your awareness loses track of time because you are functioning in different parts of your brain higher. Uh, you're pushing more information through it. You are and, talking uh, about every single day of my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's a goal for me. <laughs> It's a goal. You know, sometimes I'm there and sometimes I'm not. No, it's and, not. I was going to say, it's not necessarily a good thing, Andy. <laughs> 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 but, you know, it's funny that you, so like for me, like I don't, the most fun I have in my shop is when I have a general idea, but I don't ever plan anything. Like I, uh, I might do a rough sketch or something, but when I go in and I start building, um, you know, it, it, like I, seeing things come together as I'm making them, you know, is, is basically, it's, it's got to come out of my head. Um, who was it? Andrew Setters. He had that, uh, I, I actually copied him looking for the note, but there was somebody, he posted a quote from some artist and it said, uh, if I find that I know exactly how a thing is going to turn out, I don't have the patience to make it. And I, I that, Wait, say that again. If I find that I know exactly how a thing is going to turn out, I don't have the patience to make it. And that's basically, that. <laughs> that's essentially me. Like if I plan something out, like it, if I know what it's going to look like before I start, like I'm just not interested in it anymore. Like the, the sex appeal of the whole thing is gone for mm -hmm. me. You know, and so that's, uh, th that flow state is basically when I, you know, if I get out there, like I've got this, this breakfast buffet slash wine bar thing that I've got an idea for in my head. And I, I just stacked up all the wood this weekend that I'm going to use to build it, but I'm not drawing out any plans or anything. I'm just going to go out and start building it. And it's going to be incredibly wasteful. And I'm sure, you know, you, I, I can spend half the time building it uh, if I were to actually plan it all out, but like actually planning it out, I just don't have the, you know, I, I, I'd rather not spend the time doing it. I'd rather create the thing and just kind of see it come to life in my hands. You know, mm -hmm. that's just, uh, that, that's a more interesting way of doing things like that that process and planning is, I just, I, I get, I get terrified by it. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, I've given myself an expectation that I may not live up to. And I, I kind of run away from it. My, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that battered child in me is like, no, no, don't, don't expect anything from me. <laughs> right. like, there, there are times, I mean, obviously working in production, we're all about planning and, uh, but there are days that we do, like I'll take up a whole bunch of scrap on a slow day. And I'll be like, let's make a thing. And oftentimes there'll be a cutting board or some, some other utensil or something that I've just, I've just, I stick things together. I start gluing them up in until I have like a canvas and then I'll kind of sketch out a thing, take it to the bandsaw 
and I end up with some really cool, fun, uh, kind of organic shapes out of that where I've made cutting boards or serving trays, um, that are kind of like palette like, uh, or where we've made, um, interesting takes on like our normal stuff, beer flights and things that we do every day. But it was nice to see that, like, you didn't know exactly what you were getting into. You knew that you had something glued up and you liked how the glue up worked with, with the, the, the color choices and the species that you, you've put together. And then you just kind of put a pencil to it and you're like, okay, well, it's going to be a thing. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why I would like, and I haven't done this yet. And Izzy is the master of this these days with like Arbor Tech, uh, in carving where you kind of got a general idea of the thing that you want to make, whether that be a, like a bear cub climbing up a tree or a spoon, um, you know, and then you just kind of go at it and you see what you've done and you do some more. And then eventually you stop when you're, when you're done doing the thing. So it's, it's kind of like, that's, that's kind of appealing to me. It's maybe, uh, maybe it's one of the reasons why I like glass blowing and pottery. Those things are all free form, um, uh, are artistic, uh, endeavors. And they, mm -hmm. they end when the artist is kind of happy with what they have. And so that's, it's, I like that. I, it, it is a very relaxing way to do it. I think it's one of the things that people find when they do a lot of lathe work. You know, if you're a traditional woodworker and you're, you move every, every guy I've ever seen that's been cutting on a table saw and they go, Oh, I'm going to try out this lathe thing. And they're like, Holy crap. I don't have to make right angles. Holy crap. <laughs> every, I never have to look at a miter that doesn't just quite line up. And they're like, all I got to do is put this tool against this wood here, and then it makes a thing. And a phallic symbol magically and appears. A, and every time, <laughs> it's it's the very first one is always a butt plug. That's a, it wasn't for me. I, I I really missed out on that. You did. I'm so disappointed. Mine was a baseball bat. Exactly. <laughs> There's a you shocker. I mean? <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't a war axe. <laughs> it might have turned into one. Well, it was. <laughs> no, that was, I had that experience, uh, Joel, um, when I, I got in 2001, I got that big church job and realized I had no, I had no idea how to carve and I should probably learn like right away. Like, <laughs> yeah. I should like, probably have about job needs it to be able to do. I need about 20 years experience in carving and I don't know how to carve. So I went to, uh, I sat for a week with Mac Headley Jr., uh, who was the uh, master cabinet maker at Colonial Williamsburg at the time. And uh, man, I tell you what, I struggled like heck for uh, about a day and a half to get out of that geometric plane type of thinking and realize that I could go around a curve while diving deeper into the wood at the same time. And then all of a sudden this magical world of like Alice in Wonderland opened up and you're, you're free of the, the only word I can use is like geometry. You're, you're free of that and you're into organic shapes and, and all hell breaks loose. It's a, it's a fun time to, to let your brain and it's, it's one of those things where somebody says, I'm thinking about getting a lathe and, or, or carving tools and be like, 
buddy, your table saw is just going to gather dust until one day. It'll be maybe uh, two months. Maybe it'll be two years for use or, or the fact that they use it only to get parts so that they can turn some more things. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like you, the math is not as big of a deal in every single aspect. You can certainly take it that way. There are calipers and indicators and segmenting and all sorts of things that you can move to. But, you know, uh, a, a goblet is a goblet. Uh, I a, don't a know what language you're speaking. <laughs> no? Math is, all, math is always the biggest deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's the first set of plans I bought from Izzy. They were in the, like the, the it was like five sixteenths. I'm like, come on, man! What needs to be this precise? <laughs> Somebody had to talk me out of doing one twenty eighths. <laughs> yeah, that's. I actually no, uh, I'm doing it. I'm kidding. I'm, math. I'm kidding. I'm a car. I got my start carving, and that's kind of how I got really. I wouldn't say started, more pushed into it was you know I, I my. As a young kid, my uh, grandfather's shop, they figured out that I had an, uh, an inversion. I was a pretty decent carver. So I ended up spending a lot of summers carving, you know, claw feet and finials and, and um, dovetail drawer boxes. Did you do any seashells? <laughs> Goddamn finials are coming back. Yeah. Did, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, you name it. Seashell, you seashells, Queen Anne's, claw, um, you know, dragon's feet, you, you know, any, anything you can think of that we had to do. I got stuck with it. So I understand that, the, you know, but even in that, you know, you, you think carving is just this. And in some cases it is. It's just this, um, uh, you know, free form process but in a lot of cases with furniture especially when you're doing duplicates it is a lot about the math it's about the layout it's about how you you know about the you know you the depth of cut the curve of the cut it's there's a there's a lot more to it than just you know i'm grabbing the chisel on this mallet and i'm going to town you know so um yeah it's not you know and it's not just wood related either because i we all follow tony Rouleau. And Ooh. his um, his his amazing. Is that the guy that makes the Harbor Freight Squares? Yeah, that's the one. Oh gosh, you're he's, gonna, he's watching. Shh. You're, you're gonna, right, bye, guys. You're, you're, you're gonna get shot. Uh, hey, so, Andy did that. That wasn't me. So, uh, <laughs> so he's he's a master of precision, and he is uh, he is a he is an uh, literally one of the finest machinists I've ever. Uh, and he, and he does it all with like, just like, oh yeah, I do this thing. And it's, it just blows me away every time. But you know what he posts every damn year when it comes up on, in his newsfeed, he posts the stupid sculpture they made welding some chain and a shovel together. That's, that's uh, I, th I think one's a snake or something like that. You know, like, like even it's not just related to wood, obviously wood becomes an easy medium because there are a lot of tools that cut it. But but even in metal, you t there's there's these amazing sculptures that people are like, oh yeah, I made this you know nine foot dragon out of gears and and uh, brake chains, you know, uh, and uh, I threw in a couple of timing belts in there just for good luck, and uh, and and you're like, how did you ever see that in your mind to take all these little parts and things to make an another big thing? I would I it it is to me one of those things that I don't think I'll ever get. I think there's a natural ability to that. Uh, that that's never, 
I don't like it's it's I guess it's the same way I look at people I who would say start by asking you how many times have you tried it. It's, it. Oh, you you think so? You think it's like like you start with a you start with a grasshopper and you work your way up to dragons. Kind I'm of just thing? saying, you know, I'm just saying. I think a lot of people are intimidated by things, so they don't try them, and that's that's a terrible attitude. And I'm not I'm not picking on you, Joel. Uh, yes, I am. But you that's should. not the point. Is the point is, you know, don't don't knock it until you've tried it, and don't try it once and go, oh, I suck at this. I mean, you know, that's you know that that's just not you know that's you're never going to get anywhere that way. But um, I think you know. People, especially people that a lot, I've seen people that say I, I'm not creative at all, and 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 start painting and and paint beautifully. I've seen people that say I, you know, I can't do woodwork, and they pick up a grinder and start hacking away at some wood, and they do something that looks like a little African mask, which anybody can carve, by the way, anybody, you know. Um, but then, but then that that gets them to that next step and that next step, and before you know it, they're whipping out these really cool you know uh old man of the woods sculptures out of you know out of, out of driftwood or something whatever but just don't I, i'm my my point is don't take the attitude as i can't ever do anything especially if you haven't tried it sorry yeah i i think Off my no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm done no 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 no, no. I, pre- I appreciate the pep talk that's excellent pep talk and <laughs> And the problem is that oftentimes I look at something that's this, you know, these, these amazing sculptures or this, especially when we're talking about like organic forms where things come together in a non linear way. They aren't, uh, you don't cut at a 45 degree angle and then attach this wood here. Um, you know, those things to me have always been, I look at them and I, I say, this is amazing. I can appreciate them for exactly what they are. And I go, I'm not even sure I could do that foot. Like, like I look at it and go, how did they get the seven feet up to make Ooh. those things? And, and, and it, you're right. It is self-doubt and, 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 and not believing in what you are capable of. But, but on the other hand, I don't think I'm particularly capable at those things. You know, I saw a t-shirt that I'm thinking about getting Joel. It said, if at first you don't succeed, maybe failure is just kind of your thing. <laughs> 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 but then you succeeded at failure. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'm just going to get that for you. Put a little I, welding helmet on it. I, I wish <laughs> you do. I wish you do. Actually, I think no, chasing I, the dragon is something else, isn't it? I think I, I was going to say you could chase your dragon, but I think that's a cocaine reference, if I remember correctly. I mean, it's, it, this is kind of a neat topic, and as long as we're on it, I think Berkey is probably one of the finest examples to to you know to point at when we talk about those kind of stepping out of your comfort zone scary moments like you know taking on like a giant sewing? taking on a giant a, a giant you know what was that how tall was that piece 30 feet tall yeah 29 yeah um without you know without, without having carving experience <laughs> so well you're you're talking to a man that sewed his own t-shirt i mean yeah which was amazing ago? by the way um, but yeah, you know, I think, you know, so the idea, the concept or the idea behind it is, you know, first of all, you have to say, do I have the, the, do I really want to carve a, you know, a 30 foot dragon? Do I really want to spend a year trying to find out if I'm good enough to carve a 30 foot dragon? <laughs> you know, the answer right. to that question should always be yes. Yeah. It's, you know, if, you, <laughs> yeah. you know. Only um, if it has exploding something that explodes. Yeah, right. Fire if breathing. If you don't have that kind of ambition, you don't belong in this country. But. Okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> build your dragon 
But um, you know, so that that was kind of you know, I, I think Andy's probably the, the the probably the best example out of the the group of us here. To he just takes on things, uh, you know, fearlessly and figures it out. And um, well, what made you what made you take on sewing? Like what like what at what point did you wake up and say, "Hey, I want to be a seamstress"? Like would it? You guy version of that is. I don't know. Dear listeners, at this point, I'd like to apologize for the following conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna let it flow right on by. <laughs> I'm fine with it. No, man. So, I, I saw a, uh, an ad for a for a Bernina sewing machine on Craigslist, and I was like. I'm in. Literally, it happened like that, and um, and then it just <laughs> talk about a rabbit hole. Oh my god! Yeah, that's uh, next thing you know. You need you know really proper shears, you know uh, scissors, and and then it it just it goes sideways. But but yeah, the main thing was that was kind of a personal demon because as a kid, you know, I was always that small kid with the too large of a head in the back of class. And, um, I, I had, I'd always wanted to sew and I was afraid of what everybody would, would say about me. So I never did it. And, you know, 50 or 45 years later, it was like, Hey, I remember that demon. Let's attack it. And, um, and that's, that's how it started. And just the, um, it's, it's been fun to see everybody embracing it and saying, you know, go man. Um, cause you know, not that I care what anybody really thinks at this point, it is nice to have, uh, your, your crew behind you and encouraging you. <laughs> well, see, I, I took on a, uh, we did something like that in high school and they actually had sewing and I actually, I won and lost at the same time because the first thing I sewed actually came out really good, but it was a fanny pack. <laughs> so, <laughs> so even though I did something pack. well, I, I ended up making a fanny pack. So <laughs> there's, it's basically a win and, and a loss at the same time. Me? Yeah. You know, reasons. So, but <laughs> so you, you're taking like classes for sewing now. Uh, I took a, a three session class, um, with my sewing sensei, they were, uh, it was nine hours and, uh, we did a pair of pajama pants, uh, dead fish pants. And, um, and then, then I just, uh, decided I was going to make a shirt and, uh, little did I know that that's one of, one of the harder things to, to do for, when you're at my skill level. So, um, God, it took some time too. It took two weekends, two full weekends of working on it. And, uh, but you know the the left hand sleeve really blows. It's the first one I did, and the right hand is probably fifty percent better in its construction. And you know, like Izzy was saying, it's it's not something that you're gonna do one sleeve and then go. Eh, I'm not good at that. I think I'll quit. You know, at, at some point you have to get three quarters pissed and go, no, I I'm going to finish this thing and you power through it. And, and, uh, I'm looking forward to my next, my next one, which I just found the fabric. It's, um, nachos. There's it's red, <laughs> red fabric with nacho chips on it, cheese and jalapenos. It's really, See, you cool. lost, you lost Izzy cause you're talking about sleeves. Yeah. What? So he has, what? Yeah. <laughs> no idea what the hell you're talking about. You're speaking in Yiddish. I don't know what you mean. 
<laughs> well, what's a, just out of curiosity, what are some other things that you haven't done that you want to be done doing and stuff? What? What? Besides sewing. Oh, what's what do I want to go after? Yeah, what are what are what's the next kind of weird thing that you just sort of like want to do that you haven't done did? Well, now that I have this rudimentary skill, now I want to push it further. Uh, you know, in the short term, and um, uh, quilting is. Uh, pretty fascinating to me because i've done i've done uh stained glass work denim do it in denim i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) but i've done stained glass work in the past and um i think quilting is a lot like uh that construction and um i'm fascinated with uh the arts and crafts frank lloyd wright's prairie style windows and i'd love to do uh kind of a a a the design of a of a arts and crafts window in a in a quilt. I think that would be really sick. That would be sick. I'm trying to think you, of what that would look like. At, you had me at Frank Lloyd Wright because I'm going to own one of those buildings <clears> one day. Good luck with it because he did terrible construction. His design was out of control, but his he he wasn't interested in in the. Uh, construction you know how well it hold it held up or anything he wanted he wanted it to look pretty <laughs> so he just wanted the selfie and put it on instagram pretty much basically yeah. you know, the favorite story of frank afterwards. lloyd wright that i heard was that uh from a is it the docet is that the right what's the word at the museum the docet docet yeah well there's a famous story at the uh, dana thomas house which is one of his unbelievable uh, builds, but two two months after they were finished with the house and the Dana Thomas was moved into the house, uh, a courier showed up with two uh, vases, and just the note said, um, "These are for either side of the family room fireplace." Frank Lloyd Wright. And she thought, you know what? That's cool that, you know, here he is giving, giving us a little housewarming gift. Uh, a couple of weeks later, the bill for him showed up. <laughs> just, in his mind, he was completing the design and he didn't, he, he, you know, just. <laughs> That's you know, we should do that. We should do that for the podcast. <laughs> Every time somebody downloads it, we send them a bill through Patreon. Going, hey, <laughs> glad you enjoyed the show. Yeah. That'll be a buck twenty-five. Uh, <laughs> use use headphones. I'm looking on the internet for the Dana Thomas house. Do you remember what state that's in, Berkey? It's here in Illinois. It's oh, only an Illinois? hour, hour okay. from my house. Yeah. All right. It's an I, uh, amazing, amazing there, place. There's a gentleman that uh, that studied under Frank Lloyd Wright, who made uh, an amazing house in Wisconsin, in Greenville, Wisconsin, called House on the Rock. Hmm. And if you ever get a chance to go through the Madison area, Greenville is about uh, maybe 45 minutes west of Madison. Uh, and if you ever get a chance, just Google House on the Rock. It is insanity in an enclosure. It is everything wrong with both uh, architecture and reality. And then it's done in actual form and it's, it's uh you'll see signs for it all around because it's become a tourist attraction 
but it is an amazing place. If you ever get a chance, uh, a famous book uh, um, called American Gods, uh, one of the intricate parts of the book was actually based in that uh, in that house, and uh, it's got it's got an amazing following. I've been there about four times in my life, and every time I go, I could spend another ten hours there doing things. It's it's I mean, one of those insane things. Architectural museums like that, or whatever you call them, you know, preserved architectural places like that. If it's done effectively, it's it's a holistic, sensual assault on on you. It it's it's everything about it is um, if if it's properly done. You know, for me, Gothic churches do this in a huge way, but they they like affect every sense that you are in control of. Yeah, I I agree. There's uh there's a there's a certain I love architecture. I love all things that are um that that have to do with where your living is. And one of the reasons why we work on the pieces we do that that we design for the shop is to make your living areas more unique and interesting. And it's one of the reasons why I picked out the house that we live in now, which was built in 1959 is a very good example of kind of the plain style of houses. And it's, uh, it's just a cool, uh, it's certainly wasn't cookie cutter. And, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) uh, and it's, uh, it's one of those things where if you're going to spend this much time on a, um, you know, living in an area, then you'll probably want to, um, you'll want to probably invest in a little bit of, of effort in the design qualities that you, you live in. So it's a, it's a, it's a, if I, I have one life to live, might as well do it kind of cool. And that's, that's one of our, you know, that's one of our, our, or at least one of my goals. Now my wife is like, Jesus Christ. Calm down on these houses. <laughs> She's like, I'm not moving to the plains of M- Minnesota so you can live in some dead architect's house. <laughs> so, but it does go back to I think it was Frank Lloyd Wright that said that you know strive to have nothing in your home that isn't beautiful. Yeah, and I, I think that. And you know, uh, Mackenzie Rouleau basically said some uh posted a question i think in the in the uh, facebook group for you guys uh basically saying what what is the essence of a maker and uh i remember thinking i think it's soul and the if you can put soul into an object at some level you know what's the difference what's you know we can buy things that hold knives at Walmart for what, probably 10 bucks. And they, on a utilitarian level, they function properly, but they're not beautiful. And that's, to me, that's what is, is like the essence of the whole thing from an architectural point of view. Yeah, yeah, I kind of went the other way. I had seven kids, so yeah, just. 
<laughs> I'm striving just to keep the stains off the couch. Yeah. <laughs> I always, I always think. Of I'm Ferris not going to say it. I, I always think of Fer- Ferris Bueller as they're uh, taking the the Ferrari out, and uh, he kind of kisses his fingers with his lips. He says, uh, "If you have the means, I highly suggest it." You know when he's talking about driving yeah. a Ferrari, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's obviously you have to live within whatever means that you have available to you. But there's no reason that you have to spend your life looking at crap. I mean, unless your kid made it, in which crap, in which case you need to keep it. Yeah, then it's crap. It's just sentimental crap. Sentimental crap. Right. Yeah, my uh, in my house, we actually in in almost every room in my home, um, there's something. That's some type of exposed wood. So it's, you know, there's just because it, it makes it feel alive. You know what I mean? Like it's not, nothing's painted over. Like it's, there's, you know, oak or, you know, some type of walnut or some, something, or, you know, even though it's an anathema to Joel, the uh, something stained with a nice lacquer finish. But I like to have something in there that just, you know, even in my, um, Parts of the house that don't have anything like that, I just kind of made a sign, put a name on it, and stuck it in there because that way, it just it feels like there's life in the room because you know I mean it's the wood is constantly you know changing. You, know, you cut the tree down, it's still kind of alive. You know, it just it's got that sort of feeling to it. Um, I mean, it's not going to grow you know roots or leaves or something, but you just get this feeling from it where you know if you get like painted furniture and stuff, it doesn't have the same sort of warming kind of you know, come over, put your hands on me, you know, use me type of thing. So, and I like yeah. my wood to get used. There, the, I said uh, it. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but no, Izzy's, Izzy's pieces, um, to me, goes go straight back to that, that organic uh, connection with the woods. Uh, that's what, that's what Izzy's furniture, uh, you know, the, uh, the Gamble house in Pasadena Gamble, yeah, the Gamble House in Pasadena is there's probably ten percent of the walls and ceilings that aren't wood. That's an arts and crafts house that is again one of those um, places. If you ever get the chance, you, you got to go because it's it's stupid. It's just stupid. The craftsmanship. Yeah, there's some pretty amazing things out there in this world. If you uh. You guys get a chance. Look up Barney Bellinger or um, or um, what's the fellow that I um, why can't I think of his name right now? Anyway, I'll I'll think of it. Look up Barney Bellinger. Look up Adirondack Rustic um, Twig Mosaic. Um, those are kind of the things, and I think it's probably because I grew up in the woods. I grew up around all these natural things that they appeal to me. I mean, I would. You know, and it and it gives you also that type of um that type of furniture and architecture gives you license to go places where you just wouldn't go otherwise. You know, you can you, it kind of opens up a creative palette that is otherwise not accessible. You know, when you work in that type of medium, and um, you know, it just just it's it's um I don't know it, it for me it's that thing that where a lot of us as woodworkers we try to get rid of all the knots and the blemishes and the the things we're looking for the cleanest wood where i'm kind of the opposite of that i'm like give me the dirty stuff give me the beat it up beat up nasty crap that nobody wants and i'm going to turn it into something beautiful 
So that's, that's kind of where, you know, that comes from. But, and I think, um, like anything, when you have, um, you know, when you open up your palate to, um, you know, to more than just, you know, fine furniture or mid-century modern furniture. And by the way, will you guys quit freaking calling your stuff mid-century modern? You're screwing up my search engine when I'm looking for actual mid-century modern furniture. <laughs> nope. So, <laughs> um, you know, um, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things that just opens up uh, so many opportunities. It's like the, uh, it's like we were talking about carving earlier. Um, you know, it's, it's that creative license or freedom to just, you know, get lost in something, you know, it's not like, Hey, I don't have to make this as flat as it can be and get rid of every knot. I don't have to worry about whether this joint, whether I can, you know, I can stick a 1000, 1000 mic between this joint and that joint. I'm, I'm here to try and make something look beautiful. And when you, when you build something like that, there's a unique thing that happens. And I've only, I've only experienced it a few times in my life, but it is, it is the thing that when I am doing stuff like that, I strive for. It is when you have someone walk into a room because pictures aren't, they just don't do furniture justice. I don't care how good a photographer you are. You cannot take a picture of a piece of furniture and get the same impression that you can when you walk in and physically see it. It's not possible. Um, video, video is the same way. I mean, you can get a better idea three-dimensionally of what it looks like, but you just cannot capture its full emotional, you know, effect. But, uh, you know, when you have someone walk into, sorry, a little side tangent there. When you have someone walk into a, a room, see a piece of your furniture and they don't say anything and all you hear them, they, you just, they walk in, you hear them take a deep breath, like, you just hear that, you know, that is the thing that makes all, <laughs> all that other crap worth it right there for me. Yeah. Because, because you've, you've messed with their head on a visceral level. Yeah. You have, it's out, outside of, ah, oh, that looks great. Um, no, it's all that you have gotten that, that response. That's just like, I, I got to remember to breathe here. Yeah. That to me, that is the dragon we chase. I think it's the closest thing, and I mean, I, I I use this term very loosely, but I think it's the closest thing that I have ever experienced outside of a very you know intimate relationship where you've touched a person's soul. Truth. So, I remember watching you very closely, Izzy, when you were doing a walk around of that pulpit uh, that I made in that church. And the thing that I remember is you, you were just kind of going, oh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> you were just making a noise like that. It wasn't, there was no words coming out. And to me, that, that was saying more than anything that could be said. Yeah. Well, you did an amazing job on that. How you, fig- how you got paint to match gold leaf effect. I, I, st- <laughs> You need to pass that down, son. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is I don't know how to do it. It's how I cook, too. I, I have no idea what it just sort of happened and went with it. Uh, it was awesome, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> God, where do we? God, we're so weird. Bro moment over. Yeah, we're, a little, we're a little weird. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. Well, that's not weird. I get to, that's, you know, one of the reasons I like to work with like reclaimed wood and pallet wood and sort of all that stuff is the, is if, is, I don't know if imprecision is a word, but if it is, uh, we'll use it here. Um, I just, uh, I, I like my, my 
great great grandfather. There's actually a, a piece in my kitchen uh, that um, you know, like my great great grandfather, he built in like 1913. You know, it's made out of solid cherry boards and all this stuff, and it's you know, over time these things just kind of come apart, and they 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 they're not as you know precise as they were when they were made, if they were ever precise, you know. So, and that's kind of all the furniture that we've always had around has always been older and it's you know it, it it's sexy because it's not perfect it's you know it's raw and it's been used and it's you know it's not the kind of stuff that you stay you know you you keep your kids away from or you know keep things off of like my grandmother she had ms and she actually this this thing she broke one of the the um the drawer fronts uh with her wheelchair you know and it's like when she was rolling around and you know it's got that that little piece is missing and it's a little bit of character it's sort of a memory of her so when I build things, I like to have them where they're, you know, they're not perfect. The joints don't always match up. There's holes. There's, you know, it's just, it looks like it's had life, you know, and it, it's, it's been a part of somebody's life. And, and that type of thing for me is, um, you know, I, I, I respect guys that are really, you know, they, they really care about their joinery and, you know, their dovetails are perfect and, you know, all those type of things. But that's, um, I, I don't particularly care for that type of stuff because that's just not what I'm used to. And, and I like something that looks like it's been, you know, it's been put through the ringer. It's been damaged by you know people's use of it, you know, and that's, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, that, all that stuff makes sense when Izzy talks about, you know, I like the, I like to hold on to the natural, you know, wood and, and, you know, it gives you license to kind of go to these places where you otherwise wouldn't. Um, that imperfection really does kind of license you to say, Hey, even if it turns out a little bit, you know, eclectic and a little strange and it, you know, it seems weird and, you know, all these things, um, you know, it, it still could be just, you know, as cool as I want it to be, even though it's not perfect in the eyes of so many, you know, so that's, uh, I, I always find sort of a lot of comfort when I'm building things that are made from reclaimed materials and, you know, they, they got little, you know, they got life in them, you know, and you, and, I don't want to sand that life away. I like to keep the the scars because, you know, most furniture that stuff's earned over time. So it just uh, gives me a cooler feeling when I finish it, knowing that it, you know, it it already looks like shit. <laughs> a- well, I think it's like fire. I, I mean, when you think about it, when you start talking about the natural element of of the the, the woods that surround us, the the places we walk in, the trees we admire. Um, it's something that that's kind of primal in us. It's it's you know, like you know, sitting around a campfire. That's a primal thing. There's a reason we enjoy that. Um, there's that primal calling, if you want to call it, if if you know, for lack of a better way of representing that. But um, you know, I, I think when you start impl- implementing those elements into the things that we surround ourselves with, there's the, there's that. At least for me, I'm speaking for my own you know self here. There's that that calling that says, Hey, this is, this feels natural. This is, this feels right. It feels comfortable. It feels, um, I don't know. It just, it has that, that strength that I just don't get when I sit on a folding chair or, you know, when I look Mm -hmm. at a, when I look at it and I'm not dissing, um, I'm not dissing the, 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 um, the fine furniture. I have mad respect for that. I have mad respect for all the, for anybody who takes the, the time and energy and to learn those skill sets and to implement those, especially into designs that can be somewhat challenging. Um, so please don't, I don't want anybody out there in the world to think that I'm, I'm like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Cause I'm, I'm not, I, I have respect from, for all, for all that type of, um, um, 
woodworking and, and making. But I think there's something, at least for me, that calls to me when I'm when when you're using natural elements, when you're using branches for legs and and you know logs for you know details and um, you know barks and inclusions and I think that's one of the reasons I really enjoy um, Matt Cremona stuff is because he's finding these inclusions in, in these things and he's finding a way to emulate them in 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 his more traditional you know kind of um, shipwright type of furniture you know which is which is cool. It's nice to see that he's not trying to blank that out. So that is a man that loves some crotch. <laughs> he does love his crotch, doesn't he? he he's a man yeah, he that, that can appreciate crotch more than anybody I've ever met. He gets so excited <laughs> over crotch. The right amount of crotch. Crotch wood. We have to be specific here. Crotch wood. Well, you you be specific or not, but uh, it's still going to be crotch. Yeah. Wood crotch. We'll just assume everybody knows what you're talking about. No, there's. I mean, there's a there's a debate about. You know, that's. Uh, I think we use there's a debate about crotch. No, there's never a debate I, about crotch. I'm listening. <laughs> there's a there's a I there's an interesting discussion on the idea of being professional amateur, and I think. Uh, if you look at traditional styles, typically I think the pathway is, is being, um, maybe a, uh, maybe a internist and then perhaps, uh, some sort of, uh, apprentice as you learn a preset, uh, the rules of that trade, if it's furniture making and things like that. I think when we come into this oftentimes as amateur where we have a love for uh, the idea or the concept or the path, um, but we don't have a lot of the formal training that goes into us. Uh, I think you get to see some real innovation and techniques that you would normally see maybe quashed uh, in an effort to get to whatever that professionalism is. So there's there's a difference between being a professional and being an amateur, and neither one of those things are a bad thing. It, there's a place for all those things, but I think I think sometimes when you look at these things, where we look at Izzy's furniture designs that are very rustic, and who has literally brought the forest into the living room uh, in his designs. And he did that at a very professional level, but nobody in traditional woodworking would say, it's just fine to just glue a friggin' branch onto the (laughs) the door, you know, just give up on dovetails and let's put a piece of birch bark on that bitch. (laughs) Right. And, and, and you, and that, and that's fine because, because it was a, it's a whole different type of artistry that isn't a traditional set. Now what's weird Uh, is that that becomes then a standard that professionals are built on because there are people that are apprenticing in those same, those same shops to build and replicate and continue on those same design influences. And it becomes its own little professional world that was created by artists and amateurs as they made this thing in the beginning. And so it's this weird cyclical thing. So when you get your all, you get yourself all hoity-toity about dovetails, or you get yourself all up in arms about uh, pocket holes, it yes. just it it just depends on on where in the cycle it is 
to, to whether it's the artistry of it, whether it's the functionality of it, whether it's somebody's love about the project or they're finding, they're trying to do what is a standard for that particular thing. And it's, it's a very fun discussion to have because there's no right answer ever. If you're happy with a piece, then great. That's your thing. Maybe other people aren't and that's okay. And will that affect you if you try to sell this thing? Sure. There's only so much garbage can art that's going to make its way to the American family's home. And I'll say, I want to, I want to add this caveat and, um, no one ever looks at a Mona Lisa and asks if it was, if the frame was tendon together or pocket hold together. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Amazing if it was pocket holes. That is the soul of it though, isn't it? Because the Mona Lisa hits you square between the eyes with a two by four with emotion. Mm-hmm. That's what he captured in that picture. You're absolutely spot on. There it is. It's the soul of it. Yeah, and you know what? Not if that son of a bitch is pocket hole. <laughs> <laughs> they could burn that whole bullshit down. <laughs> and you know what's funny is is when when he when he painted that, he was an he was an amateur. He wasn't Better a professional bridal joints at the very least. Bridal <laughs> joints. <laughs> bridal <laughs> joints are death. <laughs> but it's, holes, but it's balls. How many topics have we covered in this last all. hour and 17 minutes? <laughs> all the topics. All the topics. <laughs> Actually, we should, we should probably get wrapping this up. I know that uh, Andy's generally <laughs> usually in bed. By like four in the afternoon. Yeah, so. Andy's the only one I can Facebook at on- three o'clock in the morning and will answer me back. <laughs> just so you know. So don't He's keep him up all night. Jeez. <laughs> I, I, just, I took I a love, nap today. I love I love how Andy brings out all the artistry, artsy fartsy stuff in us. Because <laughs> because we, we we all have jobs that we have things to do. Izzy's building seventy two drawer fronts Ugh, and, more, yeah. and Mike's processing home loans and I'm Making this don't remind me, God damn it, eight hundredth <laughs> Spartan that's going to go out into the world, and it's it, our jobs are our jobs, and sometimes to make a living we do things a little repetitively, and then Andy Berkey walks in the door and says, "You know what, guys? Let's fuck it all," and he goes out and he's like, "Let's get a taco and talk about this," <laughs> and there's and there's Izzy in the back going. Hey, you guys want to make videos? <laughs> <laughs> I'll make videos all day long, Izzy. But, uh, hey, guys. Andy, I'd if like it was, if it could mean hanging out with you, I would do it too, brother. <laughs> In a heartbeat. Oh. So, uh, Berkey, tell the tell the fine folks that are listening where they can find you, um, unless you don't want to spoil your good name. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much all over God's creation. If you punch in uh, Andy Berkey, my whole train wreck will show up. I'm probably most active on Instagram because... uh, that is the place to be now. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a short attention span. So to uh, sit down and do a video, I'm finding it increasingly hard. But I am trying to get on that. But anyway, everywhere I am is it's just Andy Berkey, B-I-R-K-E-Y. And uh, look for uh, look for Seymour. Seymour. Ooh. Uh, Are you ever going to do another run on hats, Andy? Just out of curiosity, because yes, I have wore mine out. Yeah, I know, I, and that's why. Um, actually, people are on me like crazy. I am doing the research right now on better quality. 
hats. I um, oh, I don't care. I'm I'll a- wear that out too. Just give me a hat, damn it! You, <laughs> wait a minute. You tell me that I bought two of those and they were shitty quality. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> But no, I I should have some uh, out here in the next uh, couple of weeks. Let me know so I can get the good ones, and I'll throw the other two away. Right. I I don't know if they're good or not, but I have mine in a shadow box. That's uh, a one <laughs> one side of the shadow box is dovetailed, the other is pocket hold. I, oh, uh, I keep perfect. I keep I keep mine in my underwear drawer. <laughs> yeah, you that, do. That is situationally perfect, Joel. Yeah. yeah well, you got to hurry up, Andy, because I'm hoping to be out in um, Utah by the end of January skiing with Gary, and it would be really nice, nice. to have a Seymour Make Better hat to take with me. So, well, you can. Uh, well, if you need one really badly, you can uh, look up the Schaefer Myers because both uh, Mark and Brittany and all the kids have them. So, <laughs> okay, um, Mark, can I borrow your hat? <laughs> <laughs> I have an extra in the underwear drawer. I'll just send it to you. No, you thank want. God. No, please uh, no. No, no, don't do that. How how could that possibly go wrong? I mean, it's they're clean. It's it's clean underwear. Is it is it really mostly? Mike? Mostly. Why is there so much starch in this hat? <laughs> you know, I I I tuck a hat away in, with my panties, and all of a sudden. <laughs> no, I'm the weird one. No, I'm the yeah. weird one. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, boys, this has been uh, Andy. It's always great having you on, buddy. The, oh, uh, man, I love this. Sorry, sorry for what we do to you. <laughs> if, if you. If you don't follow Andy Berkey, you're not a maker. You're not a real person. You, oh, you're getting called out. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you right now, he's he's a fantastic uh, with with nothing else. If you if you even discount his skills at the craft he does, uh, if if he doesn't inspire you, you have no heart. Amen. You are the sweat off man breasts. That's right, or under, depending on your weight man, class. I'm decidedly uncomfortable with this conversation at this point. <laughs> so you don't want to start. You don't want the trending hashtag. Uh, Man breast sweat <laughs> start taking off next year. Right. We can do it. Let, let's say let's I, stay I with uh, actual moron for now, or that. So, well, listen, uh, guys, find us. We're at Maybe Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitter. Um, don't forget the website. We are um, maybe I've said too much dot com. There's a maker links section up there. You can find uh, everybody's. I say everybody. Uh, everybody that's submitted. Uh, information so we've got a whole page full of makers in their uh facebook pages instagram pages websites youtube channels all that stuff it's all kind of in one spot that thing's sort of taking on a life of its own at this point um so uh if you're not on there and you want to submit your information there's a form at the bottom of the page go fill it out um but uh you can find links to all of our favorite folks on there and uh, i think andy is actually featured on there somewhere if i remember correctly so Bottom bottom right-hand corner underneath contact us. Yes. Really? Yeah, so. And now, and there will be a hashtag man breast sweat somewhere near his name. Perfect. I know the guy that built it, so. But, uh, Andy, thanks so much, brother. Appreciate you swinging by, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Good night, y'all. Good night, everybody. You guys rule. Thank you.